We are back with another episode of the Pray for Campus podcast on the beautiful campus of Moorhead State University. I would say in college ministry, this is the days that you really, really look for because it's just such a pretty day. It's September 12th now, and yeah, this is like ideal fall weather. Fall's my favorite season, and you know, I'm going to go outside the bounds of the student center and try to connect with guys outside today. I, I like to talk a little bit about our vision with the Pray for Campus podcast. That we're working through some different things. Here's where we're at right now. We equip you to finish the Great Commission by mobilizing the next generation. This is about you, the listener, learning how to talk to college students, how to love on college students, how to pray for college students, how to resource college students to go to the ends of the earth. And that excites me. So today, actually, the vision for this podcast episode was after I made an Instagram post about just some reflection on some guys that I've been able to connect with in the past. I've had the opportunity to connect with in the past. And funny enough, it, it was kind of just a post at first. It was like I found one picture and it kind of worked its way back through a few extra pictures. And a few hours later, I started reflecting on how quickly college ministry turns into adult ministry, how quickly college ministry turns into family ministry, co-worker ministry, church ministry, deacon ministry. They're, like the sky's the limit. And you know, I don't feel like I've been doing this a terribly long time. Like it's coming up on ten years. We're right at nine years now. But you know, as I was scrolling through the pictures, it was like, man, some of these guys are dads. Some of these, a lot of these guys are married. Some of these guys are dads, and they're doing some really cool things. So yeah, my heart kind of swelled with pride a little bit, and it reminded me of some scripture that I read today. It's a little bit different. I was reading the incredibly long book of Philemon and that's obviously a joke it's one page one chapter of the book of Philemon and it's a little bit different because Paul in this book he he had a recent convert to Christianity someone named Onesimus I think that's how you pronounce that name is well come that to find out Onesimus was a runaway slave from this man named Philemon and Philemon was actually already a believer. So when Paul is writing this letter to Philemon, heck, am I even pronouncing his name right? I'm not sure. But he was writing it with this this hope that Philemon would release Onesimus of his slavery duties, and that way Onesimus could accompany Paul in the ministry. So what I want to focus on, I feel like how this relates to, to my personal ministry with these young men is verses 10 and verses 12. It's Paul's heart toward Onesimus. He says this, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. So this idea that that Onesimus is so close to him, it's like his son. He goes on to say this, I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. Paul describes Onesimus as my very heart. And, you know, you know I would be lying if I, if I said like every guy I've come in contact with on the college campus is like my very heart like being sent out like an arrow from a quiver but at the same time like I almost like swelled with pride as I was going through that Instagram post of like man like the Lord is doing some awesome things on this campus I kind of want to take a second to just walk through that Instagram post and, and if you want to see the actual pictures go check out our Instagram account at pray for campus and also post the same things on my personal Facebook page or the group Facebook page pray for campus but it all starts in Gatlinburg in 2017 and it, at that time, I just joined staff with crew. We'd, I'd interned for a couple years, and I see Ryan Johnson, Noah Franklin, Alec, Damon, Tyler, Connor, 
and we were on a big mountain in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for our, our crew spring break trip and we were helping out because there was recent wildfires there and, and some of those guys, actually a lot of those guys were freshmen. Ryan here, I think he was a freshman and he went on to intern with us. He went on to, to have an incredible ministry. The next picture here, Charleston, South Carolina. I got to connect with some guys on summer mission. We were actually at a baseball game watching Tim Tebow play in the minor leagues, which was really cool. The next picture here was kind of a little bit later. It was pre-COVID, man, pre-COVID. Those were the days. And it was 2019, and we took a men's camping trip to Red River Gorge. One thing that jumps out to me about this trip is, is it was almost exclusively planned by Connor. Connor... I just mentioned his name in 2017. He was a freshman, and then in 2019, he was a junior, I guess, and he planned an entire men's camping trip just to get guys together. And actually, a guy named Ruda, who comes used to come around, he commented on my post, and he said this, that trip to the gorge truly saved and changed my life. I met people I know and I can still count on today. If anyone's on the, on the fence about going to a crew men's retreat, don't be. Take that jump and have a great time. So I just think it's so cool to see that thing, cool things happened through students. The next picture here, I, I was in Pikeville in 2021. Pikeville is actually my hometown, so my heart is still, you know, shout out to Pikeville, University of Pikeville Bears. And uh, some cool things here, I, I see Joey May. Joey uh, kind of grew in his faith so much as we were kind of going to Pikeville, and now he's on staff with the BCM launching launching the BCM at the University of Pikeville, doing awesome stuff. And in Moorhead, man, Moorhead ministry has like exploded in regards to the guys. That first picture is, is Maxie, my buddy, holding up a steak because we were having a men's steak night uh, about this time last year. And in the Bible study, we had a an incredible number of guys coming out. I have no clue how so many people just caught on to the vision of what we were doing. Maybe it was a steak night. Maybe I, I listened to my boss and I, I was planning on doing a. It's kind of funny. I, I'm. I'm relatively cheap and and trying to think through some cost-effective things. Actually, here's what I prefer. It's not that I'm cheap. I just want to spend money on things that I actually want to spend money on. And as much as I wanted to spend money on steaks, I was wondering if that was really going to put us over the edge. But we had a ton of guys come out to that men's steak night last year. And those guys actually showed up the next week. Nearly every guy showed up the next week to our Bible studies. For that last picture in that carousel of pictures shows that we packed people into my living room and that was kind of the foundation of what where we're at now in our men's ministry so a lot of those guys all of those freshmen that you see in that that last picture have stepped up as sophomores in like incredible ways we did this outreach where where we we bought these just Moorhead State t-shirts very simple no crew logo no nothing like that and we chalked on the ground like, hey, freshman for a free t-shirt, text this number. And then we would meet them in person to give them the shirt and then try to get in a spiritual conversation, trying to invite them out to crew. And so many people did a great job. I want to call out two people in particular, Leo and Hogan. These two guys, sophomores, stepped up in incredible ways. Like, they both messaged me on multiple occasions hey we need more knowing god personally booklets that's our little track that we use to share the gospel we need more of these can i have eight more can i have 10 more and that's the first time this year i kind of sat back and i'm like man it is not all about me i think i had this like little bit of insecurity of like there's a lot at moorhead state that happens with me kind of at the center of it and i wanted to pull back and it was pretty coincidental too because we had some family stuff we were working through that that kind of forced me to pull back but the students really ran with it and it was incredible i actually had the pleasure of meeting with with two people that are joining crew staff through a 
uh, our sister ministry called the Jesus Film. And I'm only going to use first names here because I I don't know the sensitivities and like you know the locations they go to, how much they want to put out there on crew staff because of you know sometimes there's persecution and things like that. And Jesus Film by nature is like going to places that are traditionally pretty very difficult to get to with the gospel. If you don't know what the Jesus Film is, basically Bill Bright and company had this idea back in the 60s, maybe 70s, that they would have a have com, that that they would commission a movie about Jesus' life based on one of the gospels. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. And that movie would be made in America in English, and then they would have a team of people going to as many people groups around the world to have the movie translated into their home native language so they could share the gospel and ultimately do church planning from that. And that's an incredible ministry. They, if you want some incredible mission stories, go talk to a, a Jesus Film staff because, actually, okay, I'll, I'll tell you one. Um, I heard this story uh, uh, last semester. There was uh, a guy who was on staff with Jesus Film and he got in a taxi in some big city, Chicago, something like that, and he got in the taxi, and he realized the guy he was speaking with was from one of our top 100 most unreached ethnic groups in the world, and he started talking to him, and and he was excited about being in America, but he was homesick, and my friend pulled out the Jesus Film app. He pulled out the Jesus Film app, he scrolled through the list of languages, and he found a clip from the Jesus Film in the taxi driver's native language. He showed the guy the clip, and that guy starts bursting out in tears when he realizes the voice actor for the person playing one of the characters was his cousin. His cousin, because Jesus Film rolls up to a village or country, wherever they're going, and they recruit people to basically be actors. They're not real actors, but they voice act out the Jesus Film. And this guy had an incredible experience. I'm not sure if he trusted Jesus, but the fact that on the other side of the world, his cousin... His cousin was in this movie, and now he gets to hear the gospel for the first time because his cousin was in this movie. It's incredible. So Jesus Film does crazy stuff. I was speaking with Luke and Cassidy yesterday. So let me just backtrack about Luke. Luke is the guy that he he is the focus of this story that I want to share. So Luke was best friends with a guy named Alec. And Luke and Alec, as much as this is just normal, you you have some people who just really run with the vision. And then you have some people who are like a part of friend groups that are around crew, so they come to all the weekly meetings, they come to fall getaways, they may even come to winter conference. But as far as like running with the vision, they're not quite there yet. And no shade on Luke and Alec. We've had conversations about this, uh, you know, years past this story. But they were probably more fringer guys. They were still part of the friend group. They were still about the things we were about, but just kind of on the fringe of like the real vision of what we're about with crew at Moorhead. And coming into, man, I guess it was, I guess it was August of 2019. I was, we had our leader meeting and we met with a guy named Connor. Connor's the one I just mentioned a second ago who planned the, the men's camping trip. And we made a big list of every student that we wanted to make sure was in a discipleship relationship. And you know, with the, making disciples from the vein of Second Timothy two to Paul speaking to Timothy, for what I've entrusted to you, teach faithful men, capable of teaching others, also. So I can't disciple every person in crew. My staff team, we had six people on our staff team at the time. We could not disciple every single person. So you choose who you're going to disciple very wisely, because 
it's an investment. It's an investment in my personal time. If I'm if I'm meeting with someone who's not going to run with the vision, who's not going to be faithful, available, socially mature, teachable, then it's kind of a waste of my time. I want to find somebody who who kind of fits that that mold. And Connor said, "Hey, I, I really think a staff person, a crew staff person, needs to meet up with with Luke and Alec." And I I tend to be a little bit more blunt on things like in a loving way like I, I didn't want to trash Luke and Alec but I, I mean I, I was like yeah you know they're coming into their senior year this year and they've been around for three years if they haven't got it by now I'm not sure if they're going to get it I should probably spend our staff team should probably spend our time meeting with these freshmen or sophomores who are kind of up and coming and kind of run with the vision and then Connor was like yeah I totally get that they had a really good summer this year and I think you should reconsider meeting with them so for me, it was almost like a charity <laughs> case. It was like, okay, you know what? If they're willing to meet at one time, that's one hour a week that I'm going to make sure that I catch time with them. So I texted them. We got together. And meeting with Luke and Alec in that year was like the highlight of my year for discipleship. I got to see them like grow in their faith in incredible ways. I got to see them like really start taking the Bible seriously and, and trying to share their faith and trying to get in the Word. Actually, kind of a funny story. I found out during that year that Luke was dating a girl named Cassidy, who was like one of our top leaders. And I was like, oh, man, am I going to have to like say something about this? Because I felt like maybe they're like unequally yoked because Luke is so young in his faith and Cassidy is doing really good. And fast forward, Luke graduates. He goes, gets a job with like a production company. And then I get a call probably like a year later. I hadn't talked to Luke for a year. And he's still dating Cassidy, and I'm like, huh, I'm glad that worked out. And then he's also going on staff with the Jesus film. If you would have told me in 2019 that of all the people I knew that was going to be going on staff with the Jesus film, Luke would have been like my bottom one. Like, if I had 100 people on a list, Luke would have been my 100th person. If I would, like, this guy's actually going to go on staff as a missionary. And he stepped up, and he did it. And he's, he's on staff with Jesus film. He ended up marrying Cassidy this summer. And now they're both going on staff with the Jesus Film. So I got the opportunity to meet with Luke and Cassidy for a support appointment because they're working on building their team of partners to send them to this next job prayerfully and financially. And he told me this story. His last trip as an intern with the Jesus Film in April, he went to some tribe in Africa. And I won't be too specific because I don't know the, the cultural securities in this country. And he went to some tribe, and he called it a party group. So there was instead of having two people on two Jesus Film staff on a team that could do one language, there was four, and they focused on two languages at one time. And it's kind of like sister tribes, these tribes that are very similar. So he goes in, he does his job, comes back to America, and they finish one of the languages first, and they start to put it out, and then someone stops them. They're like, "Hey, we we got to understand what's happening here. These two tribes." They're not really sister tribes. They're actually warring tribes. They're rival tribes. And if we give the gospel to this tribe first, it will not go well. So they waited an extra couple weeks, and they did a unique dual showing of this Jesus film in their native language. Like you could go on this side of the street and hear in this language. You can go on this side of the street and you can hear it in this language. And weeks after that they put out this film, Luke gets an article. I'm still working on trying to get that article. I I may come in with some more details later. And this article talks about how this film was being used to bring peace between two warring tribes because that's the incredible thing about the gospel. It it is not it doesn't respect your ethnic background. It doesn't respect your identity. The gospel is the gospel. This idea that 
that God wants a relationship with the humanity that he's created. But we're sinful and separated from God. We miss the mark. We're not perfect. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When you hear that on one tribe, I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When you hear that on the other tribe, I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These two tribes are on the same level. And then Jesus comes into play. This eternal God squeezes himself in human flesh, lives a perfect life, dies and raises from the dead to prove that he's, he can conquer death. And then we have to make an individual decision to trust him. The same gospel, if you're listening to this and you're a believer, the same gospel that you have accept, accepted is the same gospel that we are taking to the ends of the earth that my friend my 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 son in the faith my onesimus my my beloved brother got to take to this tribe is the same gospel that i share with these college students and in this instance a bunch of people are coming to christ like actively coming to christ and you go look through the article and and see see what's going on but we're seeing things happen because college students quickly transition to adult ministry and that, that's really exciting for me. So I, I love it when students have the opportunity to go international because it's like if I could get someone in a headlock and do one thing, it's to see what's going on in the other people groups. Because like Jesus, and, and I've made an episode on this in the past, but, but God is using college students to take the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And But this is about you, and you're not a college student. And maybe you have an opportunity to go to the ends of the earth with a missions organization. But I would say... One of the ways that you can work at, at equipping this next generation is being plugged in with some things we have going on. It's being equipped to talk to students in your church. It's being equipped to pray for students. And, and as you get plugged into kind of what we're doing here with Pray for Campus, you're going to be able to more specifically pray for what's going on. So go check us out on Instagram at Pray for Campus. Go check out our Facebook group, Pray for Campus. And also I've been sending out these newsletters where I want to cultivate your life and also give you nuggets of really cool things that are happening on the college campus. So if you want the emails, go check out my website at patrickkeen.com. And yeah, we're going to finish the Great Commission in our generation by equipping these college students.